Well, I must say, I was in a mild state of shock last Sunday afternoon, evening. I prepared my talk for the church and hoped that we might have a few uh, alongside our regulars coming along as visitors, perhaps a sprinkling. Uh, A week before the service, I was already grateful to God because I'd noticed people were praying for the carols and praying people might come. Uh, I was thankful after that because going from prayers, I would hear stories of people inviting people and and having sometimes excitement of people saying, yeah, they'll come along, they'd be interested to come along to the carols. And so I felt like the third layer of blessing to be there last Sunday and to see people had prayed, people had invited, and people had come in God's kindness, him being behind it all. Through our prayers and invitations, we counted on the Monday about 60 visitors, we think, on, on the afternoon. So I stood back and I marveled. And then I moved from the back and to join in the singing from the front and could hear from behind me the praises of people, young and old, singing these rich lyrics, beautiful songs. Our friends visiting would be right to sense, as I did, that God is among this people, that God is in this place. I can barely think of a better illustration as I came to Psalm 67 than last week's carols, blessed to bless. That God here addresses the really important question of why are we so blessed as his community? Why are we still here as God's community and haven't been taken into heaven? And so as we enter 2023, what good does God intend to do through this blessed community going forward? Why are we here? And I I hope last week might be a little taste of that. Again, this would take a fourth miracle of God that God brings people back again under the hearing of his word. Psalm 67 is a really ancient song for ancient Israel, but it also belongs even more, I think, into the Christian church where the blessing is even greater and the channels of blessing become stronger to the nations. So first then we'll see point one, we are the blessed, verses one and then at the end of the psalm in verses five and six. But look with me at verse one. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face shine on us. This is the ironic blessing that we begin, um, it's in Numbers chapter 6, but it's also the blessing we often say at baptism. God, may you firstly be gracious, may you be merciful to us. God's grace is the sinner's starting place and a great way to start a prayer. It's the first necessary link for an eternal chain of blessing. As one preacher put it, the best saints and the worst sinners may unite in this petition. We all need God's grace. If God is good to us, the liberating news is that it won't be because we deserve it. Be gracious to us. Don't treat us as our sins deserve. Don't measure us with the measure we use to to assess others. Keep helping me as a student, a patient, an employee a retiree, to be your disciple, even on the days I barely give you a thought. Please keep being gracious to our church. Please don't give us what we deserve. Do good far beyond our prayerfulness. Be praised in spite of the hardness of our hearts. May your word do great things in us, even with the little opportunity we give it. May God be gracious to us indeed. It's grace or it's over. We shut up shop and we just embrace self-attained misery. If God withholds his grace, we fall apart in every way. 
So this psalm picks up with grace where Psalm 66 left off in its final verse, if you look back. The last verse of Psalm 66, Praise be to God who has not rejected my prayer or withheld his love from me. Not because he deserves it, but because of God's grace to him. First grace, in verse 1, we also see, secondly, bless us. Our whole world, I think, wants to be well, but thinks it can be so without God. Disney, Netflix, university, school curricula. It's no wonder when the messaging is what it is that our world assumes blessing comes from some other place or we're just confused about it. Uh, Just this week I heard a a well-meaning principal address the kids. But the only resource available to the kids from the speech was, well, themselves or perhaps one of their classmates. The kids were urged to hope in their own attitude, their fortitude, their character, their goals, their techniques, their perseverance. You fall down, get back up. The weary world tries harder. But the call for God to bless us recognises the benevolent forces beyond our control matter most. The best news for kids, if they are blessed to know this God, is that he has everything to do with how well we are and how well we will be going. Human effort, character, techniques are good, but God works through and above them all. God for us in the world sure beats going it alone in the world. Fable, the self-help industry. Our university lecturers and world leaders forever miss this vital puzzle piece. The last phrase of verse 1 appeals to our imaginations. I wonder what comes to your mind with a prayer, God, please make your face shine upon us. Make your face shine upon us. Might be, let us know and feel we have your favour, your light, your warmth on our lives. And when we don't feel it, may we know it's there all the same. The Lord Jesus wants to think of ourselves as his friends. And friends smile together. And here we have the risen Lord Jesus smiling on our little lives as we go about our business. God wants you, Christian, to know in your hearts that if Jesus is your friend, God's face surely shines upon you. Well, upon whom do we in our society call for blessing, relief, direction? Now, of course, Lifeline or Beyond Blue might help. So too might a life coach, a mentor, a music teacher, a tutor for our kids, a financial planner, a medical specialist for our ailments. But Christians are forgetting someone if we give up differ in no way from the world in this. Human counsel can help, but the wise go straight to the top. They seek and find available God himself. In Mongolia, we had some stretching times, and when I was overworking and emotionally tired and became absent as a husband and father, um, Ash was led to treat God as her true husband. When our kids weren't well with bad asthma from a cold and pollution and hospital options that that weren't good, God became our ultimate family doctor and we called on him for the health of our kids first. Next time you feel tired, sad, broken, despondent, you might cry to God in that sorrow, but also thank him for using such circumstances to get your dependent attention. I know I tend to forget God to the degree things become easy. But blessed are the poor in spirit. 
I need hard things. I need to feel broken or tired. If we jump now to the end of the psalm, it returns to this call for blessing, but it mixes it with statements of our blessedness. The, the blessed, bless us, Lord, is now mixed with statements. You do bless us. Verse 6, the land yields its harvest, seasons, rain, grain, wine, olives from the only one who can make a drop of rain fall from the sky. The land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. And may God bless us still so that all the ends of the earth will fear him. When we come to Christ, the God of the universe becomes, verse 6, our God. And he says nothing will separate us from the eternal benefits that he has earned on our behalf. And so we Christians, it's good for us to call on, call on God for blessing and for grace. But we do so as those supremely blessed children who already have his blessing and grace. Citizens of heaven, God our God, blessing us in Christ, and Christ in us. The blessedness of the Son permanently attached to us. God does not see us as our sins deserve. He treats us as his Son deserves. And so he says, this is my Son whom I love. First, talking to and about Jesus, the Son. This is my child, the one I love. Now, appropriate fully for him to say to us with Christ's robes that we're dressed in. If you haven't yet come to God and the merits of Christ, do it today. I'd love us to have a Christianity Explored course early next year. You might ask for more information about that. You might ask a pastor or a friend to coffee. Go to the website and absorb past talks if you're curious. Because God, the living God, is holding out his hand to you in the loving hand of his son Jesus. Point one then, we're blessed. Point two, to bless. We're blessed to bless. That is, although the blessedness frames this psalm, like many other psalms, what is at the heart of this psalm and what's it, what sets it apart from many others is the blessing effect of our blessing to help others. So Psalm 67 has been the, called the missionary song for this reason because our blessedness is in, always intended to spill out towards others, even from that early moment of blessing Abraham, that he be a blessing to all nations. The blessing leaks, it spreads, it emanates but it also entices and it draws in. The blessing of the blessed blesses others. Uh, we saw that was the case at the end of verse 7. You might have noticed it there. But God, may God bless us still so that all the, the ends of the earth will fear, revere him. That God will be less spurned in his world, less treated with contempt, less ignored, but feared, revered, respected as God more and more. But this verse 7 summary right at the end is more fully and warmly expressed from verse 2 onwards. The shine on us in verse 1 leads to the shine through us in verse 2. Yes, grace, blessing shining upon us so that, verse 2, your ways may be known on earth, your salvation among all nations. So that joins the thoughts. It reveals the motive of the person praying for blessing. Lord, be kind to us. Bless, illuminate. Fill us with your light so that we might draw others from all nations into your light. 
Although Abraham and all Israel were chosen by God for this very important purpose, the kingdom of priests, my treasured possession, bless you that others might be blessed through you, this torch of Israel barely burned at all. It burned very dimly. It was barely a flicker. Idols of other nations were made and worshipped instead of God. Israel's kings, priests, prophets erred. Israel thought it could keep up with the surrounding nations by adopting their ethics, their ways, and, and they became as lost as the nations that they could have saved if they were different. When Israel flourishes, when they shine with God shining, the nations escape their distress in the dark and come in. And there are some nice little examples of that sprinkled through the Old Testament. Because, friends, our world is hurting, wounded, confused. Many are despairing of any hope. I recall two of my alcoholic friends coming alive as they entered church life, both unexpectedly finding a resolution to their addiction in Jesus. My pastor in Mongolia came to the light of Jesus while in the darkness of a Mongolian prison, thinking life was completely futile. The blessed blessed him by visiting him in prison with the gospel. This psalm is a beautiful expression of a person who embodies the greatest commands. Love God. Love others, your neighbour, as yourself. And so the author's cry in verse 3, loves God and loves people. May the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. Such a concern for neighbour and for God, while it's around, such a longing is nonsense to godless, selfish hearts. But God's spirit warms our hearts in this way. Remember as a teenager, one of the young adults there taught us a song in church, one I think must have been getting close to Christmas. It goes to the tune of Jingle Bells, J-O-Y, J-O-Y, I won't sing, um, I won't get you up either, Faith. This must, J-O-Y, J-O-Y, this must surely mean Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. He's giving us the secret of joy, of happiness, in a world that looks for it in all the wrong places, in all the wrong ways. Jesus first, yourself last, and others in between. A desire that the Lord Jesus be praised by those around us, and we sacrifice much to make that possible for those we love. May the peoples praise you, verse 3. May all the peoples praise you. May the nations be glad and sing for joy. This fitting response of creature to creator. Because while justice, injustice and chaos appear to reign all around the world, the truth is God will judge. He will rule. He is sovereignly guiding, verse 4, all things and, and nations to his perfect ends. Yes, evil is evil, but the greater truth is that God is God. He will win the day for those on his side. And so again, verse 5, repeating exactly the cry of verse 3, may the peoples praise you, God. May all the peoples praise you. And friends, if you're young in the faith, I expect this may be just a weak longing with much room to grow. This is the longing of a mature person of God, one who loves God and is loyal to him, one that loves people and recognises this 
Friends, greatest need is to know the living God as we do. Do you so love God and neighbour? Or is this a prayer for you to adopt? Oh Lord, we would do well to pray. Shine on DPC. Shine on us. Warm our cold hearts. Bring clarity where there is ice. Frost, fog. Not that we become self-obsessed mirrors on about DPC or ourselves, but a clearer window for the world to see you. May we be freed to care less about impressing others with ourselves, less introspective, less focused on my feelings, image, reputation, prestige, legacy. My family's honour. You might know the story of Narcissus from which we get the word narcissistic. You hear it thrown around every now and again. It's an excessive interest in or admiration of ourselves. Each day, Narcissus went to the lake to see his own beauty in the reflection. And one day, he was so taken by his own beauty that he fell into the lake and drowned. Self-absorption is as spiritually ugly as it is destructive. And many secular writers have worked this out. They just don't know what to best replace it with. After surviving a Nazi concentration camp and wondering, what is it most essentially that makes life worth living, that makes life bearable? Viktor Frankl's powerful little book, The Search for Meaning, says to those chasing happiness and success that you won't find it if you chase it in and for itself. He writes, don't aim at success. The more you aim at it and make it a target, the more you are going to miss it. For success, like happiness, cannot be pursued. It must ensue. And it only does so as the unintended side effect of one's personal dedication to a cause greater. In other words, don't say, I want to, I, I'm going to pursue happiness or I'm going to be a successful person. Have a cause that makes you happy or brings happiness along with it or bring success along with it, a cause greater than your own sense of success. And friends, we have a cause greater. And so, Lord, we want to pray, wash, purify, clean and polish, that we shine or attract praise, but not to ourselves, to the only one worthy of it. For notice it's not about our ways and our powers, but verse 2, that your way and your salvation or the ESV, your saving power may be known on earth. It's not going to come just by looking at us. It's going to come by looking at us and hearing from us. Knowledge, the word known there. We need to teach, impart information. It's good for Christians to seek God's blessing. But anyone around the world of any religion does the same. Far less common is the child of God's prayer that that through our blessing... He be blessed, he be known, praised, enjoyed by friends, neighbours, enemies, world. Parents sacrificing for their children is commonplace. Some in the back room now. Feeding, dressing, cleaning, shopping, washing, listening, advising, disciplining, educating. There's a huge amount of loving commitment that goes in the direction of parent to child, God to humanity. What is wonderfully refreshing Rare but beautiful is when it's seen going the opposite direction, when the love, care, sacrifice, kindness, 
flows gratefully in the opposite direction. Can you imagine the 12-year-old saying, Dad, I've saved $300, and together with some birthday money, I've got enough to buy a mower, and I'd love to replace your old mower with a new one and start looking after the lawns for you. That hasn't happened for me yet. I say this in case the kids tune in. Yes, love flows constantly down within families, from older to the younger, provision, care, the stronger to the weaker, the independent to the dependent. How beautiful it is when the recipients of that flow give a thought to the giver. Occasionally I hear one of my kids say, how was your day, mum? You look tired, can I help you with anything? Wow, that's gold. This Israelite cares that God is praised, that all nations praise him for his praiseworthiness. It's got nothing to do with the prayer. This Israelite, so blessed by the Lord, longs that others enjoy that blessing. Blessed to bless. So how might we do that? This year I've been speaking about and praying about spiritual growth and strengthening what we do as a church, readying ourselves for further growth should God bring it. Developing transparency, practicing hospitality, old pairs of friends, incorporating new friends, old groups, new friends, old routines renewed to match present opportunities. Church gatherings or home group flexibility to provide golden years for those who might join us. That the 2022 version of you be internally rewired to become your more God and neighbor loving 2023 version. That you be someone more deliberately blessed to bless. Let's grow, let's build, let's invite. Ultimately, is all about Christ. Was not the best thing about the carols last Sunday, the opportunity to hear the praises of the Lord Jesus on the lips of those who don't usually do so. A new language, new hope. We might think of ourselves as those walking around with overflowing cups of living water on dry grass. If we spend enough time on that grass, in this relationship, that workplace, we shouldn't be surprised to see some green shoots. One of my friends shared with me this week, she said, we were praying that we'd have more Christians in our executive because of the nature of the job in a Christian organisation. We prayed and considered ways to bring more Christians on, to hire more Christians perhaps. Instead, she said, God answered our prayers by giving our existing workmates a real curiosity in what we believed. This led to conversations. One of them asked if they could read the Bible with me. And now, through conversion, not migration, we find our entire team, our executive, is Christian. We're blessed to bless. And so, friends, I close with the, the words of Spurgeon who comments on this psalm in ways that are helpful to us as well. It's printed in your service sheets. As showers which first fall upon the hills, afterward run down in streams into the valleys, so the blessing of the Most High comes upon the world through the church. We are blessed for the sake of others as well as ourselves. God deals in a way of mercy with his saints And then they make that way known far and wide, and the Lord's name is made famous in the earth. 
Ignorance of God is the great enemy of mankind. And the testimonies of the saints, experiential and grateful, overcome the deadly foes.